Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Spoiler Alert podcast brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. I'm Danny, and I'm here with Mike, and tonight we will be discussing another entry from the Best Picture Choosing Machine. This time it's spat out 1958's Best Picture winner, Gigi. Mike, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> doing great. I think it would have been great if you just said it. Shout out 1958's Gigi. Well, we haven't gotten there yet. We but it just would have been a funny there, intro. I think it would have but... been good. Gigi, 1958, at the time, the winner of the most Academy Awards in a single ceremony of all time. It was bested the next year by Ben Hur. Gigi won nine. Ben Hur won nine. 11. And to this day, a few Gee. a few others have won 11. But Gigi is up there as one of the most decorated movies by the Academy in its history. This is a 31st Academy Award ceremony at the time. Yeah, I mean, you just think about it. Like, we talk sometimes about the best picture being the time capsule of, okay, from 1958, the best, you know, if you're only going to watch one movie from that year, this kind of should be that movie. Although we both agree that's not the case uh, in most years. But then you think, okay, if someone said, I've only got time to watch a few of the Best Picture winners, one way to approach that list would say, give me the movies that won the most most hardware. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see the most lauded movies of all time. This would be on that short list. This would be up there with like this, like Lord of the Rings, Titanic, Ben Hur, and I think The Last Emperor. (laughs) This would would be a weird list. Five or six. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, it won picture, director, adapted screenplay, cinematography, art direction, costume design, film editing, song, and score. That's that's amazing. That's that's, that's so quite impressive. a list of of yes. uh, of top tier awards and uh, other big movies that year. Uh, Cat on Hot Tin Roof. The Which Defiant Ones, seen. Old Man in the Scene, I haven't either. Anti Mame. Right. Which I've never seen. It's going to be tough for us to determine if the Academy got it right, but I've actually got this an is opinion tough one on for that. Me. Um, oh, oh, good. <laughs> what? Uh, do, do you want to talk any more about the history of this movie before? It's, I guess before I jump into a quick plot recap, it is on AFI lists for like best movie songs i think a hundred years 100 passions i don't know what the hell that list means but it's on there that's a crazy list that's a weird list uh it was i think uh library of congress preserved it as a film of historical significance a while back um which i mean i guess you could just look at its academy hardware and determine that it should be based on that but i don't know if there's other criteria they use right that's about all I got to say on it. How, any, anything else of note that you wanted to mention for Gigi? No, I think you, you've got to get to the plot recap so we can start talking about it. Okay. Because before you even start, I'm going to go on record as saying, I don't think this movie could ever get made today. <laughs> and so I just think it's – when you see you hear all the lists it's on, you see all the hardware it won, all the the lauding, all the – and there, there are a lot of people who will reference that this is a great movie and they love this movie and there's a lot of goodwill towards it. Yep. I don't think you could make this movie today. Yeah, fair enough. Let's get into the plot. Uh, Gigi is the story of a young teenage girl in Paris – 
being raised by two older, elder female relatives whose actual relation to her is really irrelevant for the plot of the story. She's being raised to be the eventual bride of Gaston, a wealthy, a wealthy bachelor in high society. Gaston's older uncle also figures into the story as a once philandering effing weirdo who had dated one of Gigi's <laughs> caretakers. Much hilarity ensues as Gaston gets the young Gigi drunk, fights with her, reconciles, fights with her eccentric elder caregivers, and can never understand why more attention is not being paid to him. And, I mean, I think I hit the high points of Gigi, right? Am I missing anything of, of significant note here? So it's interesting because the way I took the story is that Gigi was being raised not to be his bride. I think one but of to be a concubine, basically being raised to be a mistress or be somebody that he would sleep with but also spend money on. Yeah, I think that And I then think that it's the a big are- sort of twist by the end in that Gaston actually wants to marry Gigi. And then that's sort of a weird turn because, oh, he actually wants to marry her. I thought we were raising her just to be a strumpet. I, th- I think that I, I took it that of the two elderly rel- the two elderly women who raised her, I think it was like one her grandmother and one like a great aunt or something. I, yes. Yeah. I, I thought that one of them was of the opinion that they should in fact be married and have this be an honorable relationship or at least, you know, wait until she's of age and then let it be an honorable relationship and then the other one had a different opinion. That's how I interpreted it. But it's hard to interpret it amongst all the songs. (laughs) This is a movie about a child who's raised to be a mistress and ends up marrying a much, much older, creepy, wealthy man. As like a 15-year-old. No, you can't. Yeah. You can't. No. I, absolutely. So, I got to say, well, first off, did you like it? Did you like anything about no. it? Okay. No. I, I th- struggle because it's so creepy and the music is terrible and the direction is rough and it just sucks in general. So, I agree completely. You we, you, <laughs> you, 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 struggled a lot with Tom Jones' uh, handful of yes. episodes back. I would say I would watch Tom Jones on eternal repeat before I would sit through Gigi again. <laughs> Oh, that, I don't know that I can make that same that, statement. From from the opening moment oh. of this movie, I was first bored and then instantly creeped out because the the first scene of the movie is is Gaston's uncle, played by French actor Maurice Chevalier, who was kind of making a career resurgence at the time. Yeah, uh, singing one of the and and this is a movie based on a Broadway musical, uh, singing one of the musicals. Uh, key songs thank heaven for little girls and all i could write was yikes 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 it is <laughs> it's just basically a song about how awesome 13 year old girls are because they are becoming women and we can watch it happen before our eyes yeah. oh my god this but was think about it. this there was, was an enchanting time... song at one point yes. in time Millions of people love this song. People learn to play this song on the piano and sing it for their relatives. And they just love this song. And you you take a step back and listen to it now. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And you're right. This is the opening number. And then that that same actor, the narrator, says his profession is a lover <sighs> and a collector of lovely things. Yeah. Yeah. Like he just 
oozes disgusting, nasty, slimy creep. And he's supposed to be a likable old coot. And somebody who we see over and over in this movie, and he's just disgusting. He, he just keeps showing up on occasion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything about this is is disturbing. Another key musical moment in the film is a song called The Night They Invented Champagne, where Gaston is just getting her drunk with the help of either her grandmother or her great aunt. I think it was a grandmother in that scene. And Gigi's getting hammered on champagne in front of them. I think there's yep. a there's a scene where he dumps a drink down her cleavage during yep. I don't know if it was Gigi or another woman that he was out with that night, but like gets pissed and pours a drink down her dress onto her breasts. Um, there's a, a point and not by accident. Like no, it's no, like it's intentional because he's, he's pissed jumps at. A glass her. Of yeah. Wine. yeah, yeah, yeah. He talks about buying her a drink, a sweet one, when they're talking early in the movie. There's a, a point where he alludes to he's going to spank her. I mean, all of this is just so counter to what any father of daughters would would want for their child. It's it's yeah. utterly disturbing from frame one. <laughs> In fact, there's a sequence where her great aunt is giving her jewelry lessons and and showing her which pieces of jewelry are of quality. And when a man gives you this jewelry, basically, this is a guy worth putting out for, oh, but, but not this. And don't ever accept topaz. And it's... It's like the kind of conversation you can imagine her saying, like, okay, first base for Topaz. Yeah. But if it's yeah. a yellow diamond, you can go to second or third base. I mean, it's, and she's telling this to her 13 year old great niece. It's just so wrong on every level and it, pervasive. I feel like it was, um, you know, it's so, it's sort of like an abbreviated, uh, sl- slightly slightly different version of like my fair lady where it's kind of her going through a weird form of finishing school this time at the hands of her of her caretakers uh but it lacked all of the charm of my fair lady which as listeners will recall is one of our favorite best pictures of all time i mean this this thing pales (laughs) in comparison to that i i just yeah at least my fair lady had some good songs sung in tones this didn't even have that This movie is really rough. The only thing, the only thing that I could find that I would even say was a positive is there were some sequences in like, I don't know if they were like famous French parks or gardens where I did think, wow, that's a really lovely park or the cinematography here is, I guess, nice. Mm -hmm. And the colors, you know, pop and it was like, that's not unattractive to look at. But a lot of the sets were ugly. A lot of the, the costumes seemed dumpy. I, I just, I really struggled to find anything to keep my attention or my interest and not feel skeeved out I the feel, entire time. I feel like over half of the film took place in Gigi's grandmother's apartment. And it had the worst decor in the history <laughs> of apartments. I mean, it was it was like... like severely red wallpaper like frighteningly right. red wallpaper you wouldn't feel good in that room sitting in it and and that's half of what we're looking at i agree with you that i think there are some 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 attractive like uh, restaurants that they eat at a couple of times and you know, some outdoor cafes and things like that which are 
sort of pretty, but I mean, most of even the production design and set decoration was garish. Garish is a great word. I, I felt like I'd rather see more scenes shot in that toilet from train spotting <laughs> than in the grandmother's sitting room. That's great. That's great. It was, and I know we're beating a dead horse here, but I mean, the movie is uncomfortable, right? Like the whole, the whole concept, the conceit is uncomfortable. Then the execution is uncomfortable. And every sequence is like another brick in the wall of, I don't think I should be watching this. I can't believe that people liked this. I can't believe this freaking movie won nine Academy Awards. I can't believe this was based on a Broadway play that, you know, like it just keeps going where the incredulity of the whole enterprise just builds and builds and mounts until the end when I my jaw was on the ground and I just was so tired yeah. of feeling creepy that I was just so thankful the movie was over. Right. right. This movie There includes, was just nothing this, to enjoy. This movie includes the word gushes. Not good. I I hated the way <laughs> I hated the way Gaston every time he saw Gigi would pronounce her name Gigi. Like he's, he's, he's like he just yeah. wanted to punch him in the face. <laughs> That's Louis Jordan, by the way. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that scene where they're having lunch or dinner, and that woman is eating a. Uh, a chicken or some sort of bird, some sort of poultry, and she's just crunching bones. Like, like it is, it is, it is utterly the worst sounding meal that somebody has consumed that I've ever observed, and it's committed to celluloid. What's up with the creepy narrator, the guy from the beginning? He wears a dressing gown when he shaves that's covered in <laughs> pussy willows. That's great. That's What's up with that. It's fantastic. What's up with Gigi's great aunt having a conversation with grandma whilst she's taking a bath and and off of that bathtub are hanging a whole bunch of doilies. It's like a decorated bathtub. What's up with that? <laughs> that was weird. Like don't you do you have to like clean those doilies after every bath that you take? That was weird. Imagine like it's like from the OxyClean commercial where like half the doily is like really clean and half the doily is like old nasty and like brown because it's been like sitting in her bath water for the last right. year. Yeah, right, 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 right. And then and then someone actually washes a piece of the doily and you the part you thought was sparkling white is like gray, like. <laughs> So you thought this is the clean side, and it is in itself horrifically, disgustingly dirty. You just didn't realize because the other side was so bad. <laughs> they were both filthy. This was just worse. This yeah. is much worse. What's up with the the old guy congratulating Louis Jordan's character on his first suicide? And what, that's a sequence where Louis Jordan breaks up with a different woman. Yeah, right. And like reports are that she's decided to kill herself, and this guy congratulates like, him. He, he really, Not only he on really that, drove but her to first. complete ma- to complete manic depression. That's that's fantastic, right. Gaston. What's up with Gaston's disparaging remarks about plumbers? He really goes off the rails, bitching about plumbers, which I don't understand. What his like? Somebody comes in and fixes your your pipes, dude. 
Right. What t- I don't even remember what year this is supposed to take place in, but in my opinion, in France in this year, indoor plumbing was probably uh, still relatively either new or you wanted a good plumber on call. You're going to want to tip that guy. Yeah. Right. What's up with French people who wear gloves whilst preparing green beans? Oh, didn't notice that. Missed yeah. that one entirely. Gigi at one point is like snapping green beans in a bowl, but she has to put on gloves first. Oh, interesting. It seems unnecessary. Are French green beans revolting? Or did they like touch the doily before <laughs> they go in the bowl and, and or sh- something? Shouldn't she be wearing like a latex glove or something like that? You know, something that that a service person would, would wear that works in a kitchen? Right, uh, right. What's up with Uncle Maurice Chevalier at dinner when Gaston comes to join him? He's just sitting at a table outside eating a huge brick of cheese. Like the only (laughs) thing on the table is a plate of a huge... That guy's not going to poop for like two months. No, he's going to be bound up. He's the cheese, Maurice. (laughs) What's up with us never meeting Gigi's mom? Yeah, where is she? She's a character in this movie she's in the next room every sequence that's in grandma's apartment her mom's just in the next room often singing opera but she's never on camera and never has a line and she's she's there but never there what's up with that i don't know clearly i mean clearly the situation that this girl's in is a tenuous one mom probably didn't want to be watching buddy are you ready for five questions Yes, let's just get it over with. Well, one of them we already have. Would this film be at all acceptable in the Me Too era? No. No. I don't think you could make this movie today, or if you if you did, it would be a movie like Todd Solons could make this movie, and it would be really uncomfortable and creepy, and probably Julianne Moore would star in it for some reason, but it wouldn't win nine Academy Awards and be a huge hit and be well lauded. It would be some creepy little indie that no one would ever see. Got it. All right. Sounds good. Question number two. In tribute to Gigi's domination of the Oscars, the MGM switchboard answered calls the following day with MGGM. Who the came up with that? (laughs) I don't know. But that's, the balls on that person to think that was a good idea. That's stupid. That that's is so, really so stupid. stupid. Yes. In 1941, <laughs> <laughs> question number three. In 1941, actor Marie Chevalier appeared in a live review in Paris, which was Nazi propaganda, reassuring oh. the public that nothing had basically changed under the occupation. This film oh. restored his reputation in America. After how many years do you feel it's time to let bygones be bygones for a Nazi sympathizer? <laughs> That's shocking. Yeah. Can you imagine if, if like, Joaquin Phoenix did an right. ISIS video, and then, like, ten years later, they're like, well, let's just give him another shot. In 1999, he played Johnny Cash. everybody sat on their hands when Ilya Kazan won his honorary Oscar because yeah. he'd named names of communist sympathizers, like, or communist... Uh, party members. Imagine if he'd been a Nazi sympathizer. Like, apparently, everything was cool with American public with Marie Chevalier, you know, 15 years later. That's that's mind-boggling. What is an acceptable age difference between a couple about to be married? Oh, uh, that's an interesting question. And I feel like that that question would be answered highly differently in 1958 than it would be today. 
I think it's probably answered differently in France than it would be in the United States. Sure, sure. And in other countries around the world. Um, I think once both people are at least at least 18, but maybe, you know, you're, you're 20 or 21 or something, I don't think it's that weird to have a, a, a somewhat significant difference. Um it doesn't seem you know, all that... I mean, the first family is 23 years difference, right? I mean, Ma- Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta-Jones are a, a pretty big gap there. It doesn't seem that uncommon even... I mean, today, especially in, I think, high-profile circles like that. That seems like a lot to me. Okay. Like, to say, like, hey, I, I'm 50 and you're 30, that, that seems like a lot to me. But not necessarily not okay. Okay. Um... So I'm not really answering the question. All right, sounds good. Uh, Let's get to the final question then. If in 1958 I made a movie of a wet dog throwing up a ham salad, could it have won (laughs) Best Picture? (laughs) Well, I would say it at least had a shot because I didn't see anything else on that list. Uh, oh, that was nominated, sure. and this thing took just about every award it was nominated for. <laughs> right. So maybe that's what one of the other movies was. <laughs> maybe some of those others were just wet dogs barfing up ham salad. <laughs> but they were runners because, up for the, the yeah, Academy Always the bridesmaid. <laughs> that's five questions, buddy. Uh, Thanks, listeners. This, this was a short episode. I, I Unfortunately, I had nothing really redeeming to say about it. I found no. it... Um, I found it disturbing, but but as disturbing as it was, also instantly forgettable. Um, I, I really, I, I have zero desire to ever revisit this, and not much that I would say. Well, at least at least enjoy this scene. There was very very little for me to take away from it. Yeah, I I agree, and and for me, I think the movie itself, the story is so disturbing, but. But to think and know that so many people hold it in such high regard is also really disturbing. And that and that it is popular and that people think of it fondly and people sing that song. And you're like, did anyone stop and think about what they're giving such praise to? I mean, if it's like both, right? Like you can make a disturbing – like you make The Human Centipede and that's an, an awful film. But very few people saw it and no one gave it nine Academy Awards. But the fact that – that's what happened here is like a double whammy. Yeah. It, it's crazy. But it's also, I, th- I think you also bring up a good point. Like, do people still hold it in high regard? So, you know, 20 years ago, it goes on an AFI list. And 30 years ago, the the Library of Congress votes to preserve it. How many people do you even know that have seen this? I, honestly, I don't recall ever. Actually, that's, how could I say it? I remember at the restaurant I worked at in high school, there was a, a girl that I worked with who really enjoyed this movie and liked the song I Remember It Well, which is a popular song from the movie. But then watching it, I just find it repugnant again. Like, it's all a song about how this guy can't even remember his last fling with the woman that he dated for all these years. And it's just just sad and upsetting again. Like, he can't remember a single freaking thing about the night. I doubt it was with her. It's really rough. Yeah. This, the, the best thing about this movie is we got to cross it off the list, it's, and the best picture choosing machine can't spit it at us again. It's, it's out there. With the the best we, they can do next is GG two. 
Well, it was it was fun as always to check out another Best Picture winner, and I do look forward to seeing what the Best Picture Choosing Machine serves us up next time. Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert Podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com, where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.